I am unwilling to give up, that I will start over from scratch as many times as it takes to get where I want to be. I want to be. You just want to make sure you will get knocked down, but just make sure you don't get knocked out, knocked out. So your only choice should be go focus on what you can control, control, control. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Kara Golden Show. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with some of the world's greatest leaders, We'll talk with founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and really some of the most interesting people of our time. Can't wait to get started. Let's go. Let's go. Hi, everyone. It's Kara Golden from The Kara Golden Show, and I am so excited to have my next guest with us here today. Jackie Summers is the founder and CEO of Sorel Liqueur which is a product, the product of Jack from Brooklyn, Inc. And Jackie is just so, so awesome. In addition to being an incredible founder and CEO, he's a James Beard finalist whose product Sorel has won many, 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 many awards. And I can't wait to speak with him to learn a lot more about his entrepreneurial journey, his lessons, his story of launching a new product and company challenges along the way, and getting back up when some of those things didn't work out. Without further ado, I will be quiet and welcome, Jackie. Carrie, it is great to see you. Yeah, you too. So excited that you're here. So before we get started speaking about your company and your product that you have launched, incredible product, I would love to hear a bit more about you. Who is Jackie and what makes you tick? I'm a native New Yorker. I am the grandson of Caribbean immigrants. And I found out very, very, very early in life that I self-identified through my food culture. Very interesting. And uh, you did not start out in the spirits industry. You were in the publishing industry for 25 years. What made you decide to leave the publishing industry and do what you're doing today? Oh, I had a cancer scare. Uh, In 2010, my doctor found a tumor inside my spine the size of a golf ball. He said, you have a 95% chance of death. And a 50% chance of paralysis, if you live, you should organize your paperwork. That's the phrase that always gets your attention. Uh, short versions, I lived. Uh, but the experience will adjust your perspective. I had a chance to think about my priorities. You know, you, you survived the experience. You've made peace with death. But the question is, how do you want to live? And like you said, I had 25 years invested in corporate America. But when I thought about it, I didn't want to spend the rest of my life sitting in an office. What I really want to do, Kara, is day drink. I just want to hang around interesting people <laughs> in the middle of the day, in the middle of the week. I want to have great conversations about things that matter over great food and beverage. And when I couldn't think who was going to pay me to do that, I launched a liquor brand. And here we are. So interesting. So if you had to point to one moment when you knew... You had a brush with death, but I guess what was the inspiration really behind Sorel? So the beverage which became Sorel has been around for centuries. If you went back to Africa thousands of years ago, the Africans are making a tea from hibiscus flowers because it's medicinal, full of antioxidants, full of antimicrobials, 
It's a natural antifungal. It's a natural aphrodisiac. And this is part of this ceremony and tradition. Fast forward to 500 years ago, and the transatlantic trade starts. And now bodies and spices are being stolen from the continent of Africa, shipped across the ocean in the bottom of boats, and sold in ports of trade in the Caribbean. So the actual flower, hibiscus, takes root in the Caribbean, and the people who know what to do with this flower happen to be inhabiting these islands. Uh, as I mentioned, my grandparents came from the Caribbean in 1920s. My grandfather on my mother's side was a chef. So I grew up with this beverage. I've always known it. I made a version of it in my kitchen for friends and family for almost 20 years, like a good Caribbean boy. Every Caribbean family has a version of this. Everyone thinks this is the best. Mine actually is the best. <laughs> uh, so when it, when it came time to launch a liquor brand, there really wasn't anything else I wanted to do. I wanted to be the first person to make a shelf-stable, alcoholic version of this beverage I grew up with. And this is the part where I mentioned that I am not a food scientist. Uh, 623 failures in my kitchen before I came up with the recipe that we now bottle. Version 624 is essentially the same exact version from my two-gallon kitchen version, except now we do a 1,000 gallons at a time. Wow, that's amazing. You are the first African-American in the U.S. to get a license to make alcohol. I mean, let's yeah. just stop right there, how crazy that is. When I was doing that research, I mean, that is nuts. I, it, so, it, it's crazy. I, yeah, I want to say that that speaks more about the obstacles that are in place than it does about me. Uh, I hadn't intended to be first. I didn't realize I was the first person for a long time, but I didn't see anybody else that looked like me doing this. Uh, now there are half a dozen of us or so who are doing this around the country. So yay, progress. But How often have you thought about learning a new language only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? Okay, maybe it wasn't a language that you were interested in learning, or perhaps all those poorly written textbooks in your sixth grade class weren't that well written after all. I have a great tip for you. It's called Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program around, available on desktop or app, no matter where you choose to learn it or what platform you choose to learn on, Rosetta Stone works and it truly immerses you in the language you choose to learn quicker and easier than you ever imagined to. Maybe you're getting ready to travel abroad this summer and you want to learn a bit of Portuguese, let's say, before your trip. Rosetta Stone can help. I know this firsthand as I did just this before traveling to Portugal last year. I learned Portuguese through Rosetta Stone, and by doing so, I not only got a better grasp of the spoken language of Portugal, but it got me very excited for the trip itself before I went. They even have a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation as you are learning, too. They've got you covered. Rosetta Stone's trusted experts are the real deal. They've been helping people just like you for over 30 years helping millions of people to learn Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and my favorite, Portuguese. The lessons are five to 10 minutes long and include practical exercises 
so that you can pick up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. No English translations either, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language you are focused on, helping you get the long-term retention you are looking for. And who wouldn't want that? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Kara Golden Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. In today's world, which I will admit can at times seem filled with too much of the wrong information, it's essential to find a good source that truly gets to the heart of what I want to know. I am super excited about our next sponsor as I've been a big fan of their content for some time now. That sponsor is the Washington Post. Their depth on topics from business to tech isn't just impressive, it's essential reading for me. Whether I'm catching up on the latest tech trends or understanding how the day's news truly impacts my family, the Washington Post is my trusted source. Let's talk specifics. Their business and tech coverage, absolutely top-notch. Just imagine having the most insightful articles at your fingertips, including the unparalleled AI reporting from Drew Harwell or the pulse on tech and online culture from Taylor Lorenz. And the best part? You can listen to articles just like you listen to this podcast, making it perfect for your busy lifestyle. I was just reading an article from one of my favorite Washington Post writers, Frances Stead Sellers. She covers entrepreneurs like myself, but also covers other interesting topics, including health, as well as some very interesting books. I also love getting their For You newsletter, which is their roundup of stories tailored just for my interests, right in my inbox every evening. The Washington Post app is super well done, I think. It makes it incredibly easy to stay up to date and follow my favorite journalists on the go. And if you ever thought that the Washington Post is just about politics, think again. They cover everything under the sun, from climate and culture to crosswords and cooking, providing a world of surprising stories and vital insights. Okay, enough of the love fest that I have for the Washington Post. Here's the deal. Being a listener of the Kara Golden Show has its benefits, and this one is too good to miss. Now is the time to sign up for the Washington Post. Go to WashingtonPost.com slash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's 80% off their typical offer. So this is truly a steal. Once again, that's WashingtonPost.com backslash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. Still have a lot of work to do. Yeah, no, absolutely. And how difficult was it just talking about the hurdles? I mean, you're also looking to produce this in, you know, the area where you're living, right? Around New York. I mean, could was it difficult to find a place to actually do it? Oh, it's pretty much impossible. But you can't let impossible stuff get in the way. Um, I kept in mind as I was going through the process, everything it took for this beverage to survive. Um, it really was 
a, a concerted attempt to destroy a, a culture. And somehow this cultural identifier survives colonization. I thought about all of the people who carried the knowledge forth with them. I thought about all of the generations who passed on the technique of how to make this beverage from grandparent to parent to child, because the people who were making it weren't allowed to read or write, so there weren't recipes. So I try to always keep a sense of perspective about things. Things are difficult, uh, but you can't let that get in the way. No, absolutely. So how did you fund the company? Oh, this is a great story. So uh, there are lots of things that can be said about fortune and preparedness. About six months after I left corporate America forever, I got a call from a buddy of mine who was a vice president at Hearst Media. He said to me, we're buying another media company. Don't tell anyone. There's going to be layoffs. There's going to be overlap. But I want my people running my magazines. Come back, Carrie, he says to me. Come back, run one of my magazines, mid-six figures, corner office, 37th floor, overlooking Central Park, in my heart. I really know I'm going to tell him no. But I take the meeting because he's a friend of mine. We're having burgers at a little shop on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. And I reach into my bag and pull out a bottle that I've made in my kitchen. Because at this point, I don't have my license. I don't have my labels. I don't have a physical space. I just have my grand ideas. And I pour for him and I'm describing what I intend to do to him. And as I'm telling him this story, the gentleman at the table next to us stands up and says, so are you looking for investors? So I stand up. I shake his hand. I give him my business card. I tell him who I am and what I do. I reach into my bag and pull out a second bottle because I know be prepared. And I hand it to him and I say, please take this home. Enjoy it with your family. If after you've tried it, you like it, we'll talk later in the week. Carol, I didn't even look at his business card, to be perfectly honest. The next morning, I'm rifling through my wallet and I'm trying to figure out why the name Alexander Bernstein sounds so familiar. It's Leonard Bernstein's son who runs the Bernstein Foundation, who became the first person's on papers for us. And the rest is history. I love it. And so did you, you continued to raise then after that? Uh, what, yes. It, and mostly angels or did you use any venture or? Friends and family. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. So what are a couple of the big things that you learned since starting Sorrel in uh, 2012? Is that the original date? We launched in May of 2012. Uh, the most important lesson I learned personally is you are not your company. And the success of your company is not a measure of your worth as a human being. In May of 2012, we launched a brand and it just got terrific reviews. And then in September of 2012, Hurricane Sandy destroyed my distillery. Six feet of seawater in the basement, five feet on the first floor, the, all the commodities destroyed, all of the equipment destroyed. The building was 160 years old, took major structural damage. FEMA didn't pay a dime. Insurance did not pay a dime. Oh. That should have ended the story right there. I rebuilt with nothing but volition and my life savings. Relaunched it in February of 2013 and between myself and my vice president, built it up to 20 states and four countries in a couple of years, got big enough so that we got a call from the big boys. So in 2015, 
I negotiated a multi-million dollar contract to take the brand national that reneged. And so I negotiated a second contract in 2016 for millions of dollars to take the brand national and they reneged as well. Companies don't function for long with no income. So I ended up homeless. I was homeless for a year and a half. And the entire time I was homeless, I was investing in community and speaking to different investors about the value of the brand and bringing it back. And pretty much everyone I spoke to loved the brand, agreed. It had a fantastic track record and just great sales, great packaging. And the general response I got was, good luck with that kid. And the thing I found out and the thing that sticks with me is although this brand is something I started, my value as a human being is not intrinsically tied to the success or failure of the brand. If the brand does well, I have value. If the brand does not perform, I still have value. I have my own worth independent of how my company performs. And I think that's a lesson a lot of entrepreneurs need to remember. Absolutely. So you touched on this, I think, in your response just now, but Sorrel was an immediate hit with bartenders and critics as well. But I've heard you talk about your journey defining your story as part underdog, part train wreck, and part comeback story. People don't always hear the backstory. So what happened? I mean, you talked a few times. I heard you mention about, you know, you were going to get major distribution with a couple of different large companies to take you national. You obviously had a horrible situation with your distillery. But when you look back on those points, do you know kind of what happened and sort of what are the lessons learned? There are lots of things that you can take away from this. And there are things that I will never know. I'll never truly understand why people who believed in the brand for whatever reason, stopped believing in me as a person. But the big takeaway that I got from that is you can't let anyone and anything interfere with your belief in yourself. You have to know in your heart of hearts who you are. And if you haven't taken time out to do that, that's super important. That is the thing that will propel you forward when everything else around you fails. Yeah, that is so, so true. So you relaunched Sorrel in 2021. And what was the story behind the relaunch? I mean, how did you kind of gather your your things and, and really get back up again? So at this point, I was no longer homeless. I'd actually written an essay when I was homeless that won an award for a best food journalist in 2019. And in 2020, a We had a combination of a global pandemic and a global Black Lives Matter movement. And a buddy of mine named Jeff Gordner, who used to be the restaurant critic for Esquire, reached out to me and he said, Jack, do people know that you're the first legal black distiller in the country? I said, Jeff, no one cares. And Jeff went, well, you know, Black Lives Matter, maybe somebody will care. And he arranged for an, an article to be written about me in Esquire magazine. And there was suddenly a renewed interest from investors. So I'm in conversation with an investment group to bring the brand back. And the conversation I feel is turning south. So I did the thing that I'm not good at and that I'm still working on. uh, And I reached out for help to a colleague named 
Fawn Weaver, who is the CEO of the brand Uncle Nearest, which is just the most awarded whiskey of the last four years, fastest and whiskey brand in American history. I reached out to Fawn and I said something simple to the effect of, Fawn, I've hit a stumbling up with my investment group. Can you offer any advice? What I didn't know and what I could not have known is that literally the day before, Fawn was doing a podcast interview with somebody and speaking with the interviewer about all the brands she was helping. The podcast interviewer said, are you helping Jackie? And Fawn's response was, that guy from Brooklyn, he don't need my help. And the interviewer said, you should speak with Jackie. He could really use your help. And again, by coincidence or by circumstance, literally the next day, she gets an email from me. And the day after that, we had a guarantee of funding. So now we are under the Uncle Nearest umbrella, and it has been a fantastic partnership so far. That's amazing. So I think the the moral of the story is if you need help, ask for it, right? Because I think especially when, you know, as we were talking about earlier, that when you've got these hurdles, sometimes you don't know who to talk to about about these challenges. And once you actually lay them out for people. And obviously there's a way to lay them out for people where they can actually right. um, say yes or no versus you complaining about the situation. You're actually asking, can they help you? Do they know anybody that can help? And I think people do generally want to help if they can. When I was a child, I read a book about entrepreneurship that drilled the point into my head that I never forgot. Once you have your big idea, whatever it is, you need two things. You need other people's experience and you need other people's money. And singularly, the skill of being able to convince other people to dedicate their time, their resources, their energy, their network to your big idea, that might be the single most valuable tool any entrepreneur has. Yeah, absolutely. So how did you get the word out about the relaunch? Ooh, social media. I love social media. It is an absolute platform leveler. You can actually compete with brands that have budgets the size of small countries uh, through word of mouth. And this, I still believe, and I'm I'm a little guy, but I'm going to stay with this belief. There is no more powerful motivator for consumers than good word of mouth. And which platforms did you use? I'm just curious. Uh, a combination of Facebook and Instagram and Twitter with uh, comments on LinkedIn as well. And what have you enjoyed most about being a founder and entrepreneur? What I enjoy most about being a founder is this company only works if every day I become a better version of myself. Whoever I was when I started this, that guy, he was crazy. And the joke I tell at this point is, going crazy is easy. Staying crazy takes commitment. So I have learned to surround myself with a team of incredibly sane people who can not only harness my crazy, but can execute on the ideas. So for me, the really big thing is to make sure that every day, I'm a better version of who I was yesterday, that I am more tuned into my team's needs, that I'm more tuned into my audience's needs, that I am taking care of myself physically, spiritually, mentally. If I am the best version of myself, my company will perform. When I neglect me, the company suffers. Mm-hmm. 
No, it's so, so, so true. How many people now in your company? Officially working for the company, there's two, but we have, we have about 10 people on contract. So we've got graphic design, we've got operations, we've got accounting, we've got all of our services outsourced at the moment. I'm looking to, after my second raise next year, bringing on some people full time and building out my C staff. That's awesome. What are sort of the top things for you for next year that you really want to work on for the brand? Oh my goodness, there's so much fun stuff going on. The government of Barbados reached out to me last year. They love this. So I had a meeting with the Ministry of Finance. At some point in the next year, the government of Barbados wants me to build a distillery there. So Sorel can be made by local ingredients and local hands, and they will get behind it as a government, as a country, and make sure that it's in every hotel bar, every restaurant, every duty-free shop across the Caribbean. So that's something I'm really looking forward to. The other thing I'm looking forward to doing is I'm really looking forward to building a distillery in Brooklyn again. Sorel at the moment is being made at Laird's in New Jersey. They're America's oldest distillery. They've been doing it for 300 years and it will always be made there as long as I'm alive. But I would love to have a home for Jack from Brooklyn in Brooklyn again. Yeah, no, that would be terrific. Well, your packaging, in addition to the product, is great. Your packaging is terrific as well. Um, Thank you. And, uh, you know, you've done such a nice job. People forget that the packaging is so important, especially when you're in a liqueur that maybe it's behind uh, the bar. You're not. um, But it but it's important. It's super important. I think you've done such a nice job. So I have a design background. So that helps. But the real thing I try to remember when I put this project together is it is representative in a certain way of the entire Afro-Caribbean diaspora. And I know my people and they can be judgmental. It had to be a certain level of quality. It absolutely had to be the best version of whatever I could do or it would not have been embraced. And I'm nothing more than the awards, more than the accolades, more than seeing us in print. Nothing is more validating than seeing the people who are familiar with this embrace it. That really feels good. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things when I was doing research on you, I saw you started happy hours for bartenders during the pandemic uh, and supplied thousands of dollars to those who needed it. So can you share more about this? I I couldn't find too much more, but I, I loved the concept. So I have a good friend named Yannick Benjamin, who's a disabled sommelier. And he always says, start where you are, do what you can with what you have. When the news that the shutdown hit, I thought to myself, what I have is high-speed internet and a bunch of friends who are suddenly unemployed. And since everyone's home, everyone's going to be drinking, but maybe they don't know how to make cocktails. So I was the first person to organize a virtual happy hour where we literally had bartenders come on. They were paid by brands to show people who didn't have anywhere else to be because everybody was stuck home how to make cocktails. People that joined the happy hour got to hang out with each other. They got a social aspect. There was an educational aspect and everybody tipped out. So I think we put about 50,000 bucks in the hands of bartenders over the course of a year and a half. So that was, again, the commitment to community. There are lots of ways you can measure success. Being a contributing member of my community is one of my biggest measures. I love knowing that I get to help people be better versions of themselves. I love to help my community out. I love it. So what is the best advice you've ever received? 
My grandfather had a saying that my mother passed down to me. It's been in our family for generations. He would say, good, better, best. Never let it rest. Till your good is better and your better is best. And that is drilled into my DNA. I don't let anything, any word, any product, anything I do, leave my fingertips until I can feel in my heart, I've done the best job that I can do. And good enough is never, ever good enough. It was such a pleasure to speak with you, Jackie. You are doing some amazing, amazing things. Everyone needs to get a bottle of Sorel, not only for yourself, but also gift it. We'll have all the info on Jackie and everything that he's doing and more information on Sorel, not only where you can purchase it, but also uh, learn a lot more about it. But thank you again, Jackie. And thanks everyone for listening. Goodbye for now. An absolute pleasure. Bye. Thanks all for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. And I want to thank all of our guests and our sponsors. And finally, our listeners, keep the great comments coming in. And one final plug, if you have not read or listened to my book, Undaunted, please do so. You will hear all about my journey, including founding, scaling, and building the company that I founded, Hint. We are here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and goodbye for now. Before we sign off, I want to talk to you about fear. People like to talk about fearless leaders, but achieving big goals isn't about fearlessness. Successful leaders recognize their fears and decide to deal with them head on in order to move forward. This is where my new book, Undaunted, comes in. This book is designed for anyone who wants to succeed in the face of fear, overcome doubts, and live a little undaunted. Order your copy today at undauntedthebook.com and learn how to look your doubts and doubters in the eye and achieve your dreams. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free case of Hint Water. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to Spotlight? Send me a tweet at Kara Golden and let me know. And if you like what you heard, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Golden. Thanks for listening.